This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Scott, are you ready? Yes, I am very ready. Here's a, this one went, I sent me, it sent me down a, a rabbit hole, or really a cat hole. Did sea okay. cats have or not have passports? Okay. <laughs> Did sea cats have uh, passports or not have passports? Which is a really long way of asking the same question. <laughs> But uh, what a perfect way to start a brand new episode of the very funny and entertaining Bananas podcast. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I am Kurt Brownoller. I am Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis, and I'm just ready to have a great time today. Are you kidding me? To laugh and laugh and laugh? Me too. To laugh and laugh. Yeah, man. Um, And guys, if you're in Portland, remember Scotty and I will be there April 15th, Saturday, 4.30 p.m., baby. I'm learning a lot about social media by doing so much on the Bananas Instagram because I will post that Helium link constantly Mm -hmm. in the stories. And then I'll get DMs that are like, you guys should come to Portland and do it at Helium. That would be so great. And I'm like, it's links in the stories, links in the bio. And then I'll post it in the main feed. And people will be like, hell yes. And you're like, see, it's the stories are useless. It's my my oh, big interesting. banner. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. That's very good to know. I also wonder if that's the way that it works for bananas. Because I often feel like I get more, wow, who knows? It's confusing and awful. It, the game is terrible. The Instagram yeah, game no, is terrible. Yes. If we had another option, we would. <laughs> LinkedIn, I'm a LinkedIn boy, but nobody's checking in over there. Look, as a, as a proud, uh, as LinkedIn being a proud sponsor we for Bananas, LinkedIn. we were talking about LinkedIn, and then I found out they were a sponsor by listening Correct. to an episode in which we were talking <laughs> about them. And I was just yep. like, oh, look at that. That's interesting. <laughs> They're I'm listening. I'll see somebody that says is a first connection of mine, and we have five connections in common. Don't know any of those people, but I'm going to do my best to make them Hollywood movie writers. <laughs> um, good, good, good times, good weekends. You're going to Mardi Gras tomorrow, aren't you? Yeah, so I got a call. I got a call from Adam Devine, who's my good buddy, 
and uh, he said, "Hey, I got picked to be king of Mardi Gras in the in the Bacchus crew." Mm-hmm. And so, for I, I'm sure all the listeners, even the international bananas, everybody knows what Mardi Gras is. It's it's New Orleans Carnival. Everybody goes crazy. It's an excuse for tons and tons and tons, literally millions of people to come down there and party as hard as they party all year. So there are these things called crews mm-hmm. with a K, and um, the Bacchus crew is a bunch of big restaurant tours and very important business people in the New Orleans, Louisiana area. And so they host a gigantic parade. There's a couple big, there's like a big gala on Sunday night in the convention center. And so all of us got measured for tuxedos. Whoa. And then I'm going to be on the float with Adam. So this will come out after that, but I'm going to be throwing beads for five hours. For f- beads and fake gold coins. Whoa, for five hours. And can you, are, is there alcohol on the boat? I mean, yes. on the there's on the alcohol boat. and snacks on the boat. No, on the uh, parade float. These, these floats are badass. And in the years past, there have been really cool kings, like Will Ferrell's been one. But then it's also people like Andy Garcia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been like this really funny thing, because now I get a call once a day from one of the coordinators, and they call and they say, Hail Bacchus. And I have to say, Hail Bacchus back. Whoa. And then they tell me the itinerary. Whoa, that's crazy. That's Yeah. <laughs> So I've been hailing Bacchus, which I hope doesn't have a horrible past. But yeah, it's a, they sound like great people who do it well. We're getting a 30-something police motorcycle escort from the airport to the to New Orleans. And so they treat it like real royalty, so we're treating it very seriously. So are you Adam flying in court. with Adam? Yeah, with Adam and Blake from Workaholics, and then my good buddy Mikey and our good friend Pizza Zach, who I've mentioned on the pod, who has the world's best tattoos, and um, and Adam's dad. So it's uh, like the men are the court, and then but then there, like I said, there's like a welcoming party on Friday night, and another thing on Saturday night, and then Adam does a bunch of charitable stuff for a children's hospital. And then Sunday is the big Bacchus parade where we're all just going to – I'm going to be dressed like a joker jester – like it's crazy man but apparently we're gonna be throwing beads like two million people wow so the joker costume you did you come up with that or do they are they like here we'll we've got a costume for you every single thing for the court is taken care of every like they sent me the flights the hotels the itinerary they i had to send my measurements for tuxedos and costuming and everything and then the entire weekend i just have to be on call and say yes and just go wherever they take us oh wow so you're the king's court that's what it is we're the king's court okay and I uh, and Anthony Mackie was in 2019. Apparently, he was like I think he's from Louisiana, but he was like extremely good at being the king. Like people really liked him, so he's coming <laughs> back to party with us. So I'm gonna be like, oh hey Anthony Mackie, what's up Captain America? Let's have some uh, hand grenades on Bourbon Street together. <laughs> Where are you? I'm in Ojai Valley. I'm in a oh. an hotel room, oh. and uh, I'm going to be just pitching and writing and and doing my thing all day. You just decided to go and uh, be on a be in a different location for a while. I needed to check out. I needed to get out of Dodge and get some some real creative juices flowing. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I love it. It's nice. This so this was sent in originally by Adrian Hausman, mm. and it mm-hmm. was an image. But I kept Googling it and trying to find it. So what it is, it says, here's what the first thing that we found was the quote-unquote sea cats that until the mid-20th century traveled on boats to take care of rats and rodents had passports and signed with their paw. And then there is an image from Baltimore, Maryland. Of course, the great city. 
Charm City. And it is a passport issued by Captain of Port in the Baltimore, Marion, Maryland Big for port. Herman the Cat. That's the name. There's a picture a cat. of the cat's face. This is a historical document. Occupation, expert mouser. Uh, sponsor, U.S. Coast Guard. Then there's a signature. Mm-hmm. Um, it says genuine only if watermarked USCG, United States Coast Guard. This sounds official to me. It's very official looking. Issued 11243. Um, it never expires. Uh, citizenship USA, place of birth, Baltimore. And then age eight months, height 15 inches, <laughs> weight 11 pounds. That's a very healthy cat, I think. It's a healthy cat. And then there's a serial number, 0522058. And the best part being. It is signed with a paw print. So it is literally, they inked the cat's paw and put it in there. I'm sure it's a huge honor. I'm sure that this was, but like nowadays, I think you would really have to have this kind of documentation to get any type of animal anywhere in the world. I feel like all we do now is just scan things. (laughs) Yeah. And everybody at the airport tries to get me to sign up for clear. It's almost like the... um, uh, the Hare Krishna scene in an airplane where it's like I'm walking in. They're like, have you signed up for clear, bud? And I'm like, and no. And you're just like, like punching clear. people as you like run to get to your flight. <laughs> yeah. Mule kicking people with clear <laughs> placards on. Yeah, no thanks, bud. Clear at this point very often takes longer than TSA pre. I will just yeah. go to that. Clear. Uh, get your house in order, Clear. Get your house in order. There's too many. You're signing up too many people. It's not exclusive anymore. I use it because it's free for me because of Delta something with Delta. You dirty dog. Uh, and uh, and also I love people. A lot of people don't like their biometric signatures read, you know, like they don't like sure. people have access to your eyes or stuff, of something course. like that. Love it. Love it. Yeah, the you're obsessed. <laughs> you're, you've given it. I go to. I went to Whole Foods once, and they're like, "You could scan your right palm and then pay for things with your hand." And I was like, "Yeah, I want to do that." <laughs> That's. But you know what? You're gonna live when when the AIs become sentient and start murdering. They're gonna be like, "He was on our side from, from as the very early beginning. as possible." <laughs> we know in the algorithm that this guy, that Curdy B, is all right by robots. I want I I want it where they like know my walk. I want the robots to know my walk, so I can go into yeah. a store, just take Haptics things, and then and walk out, and then they're just like charge my account. And that's gonna happen soon. Anyway, Staples Center has that. Staples Center has it. So, oh uh, God, it's called Crypto.com Arena. Sorry, crypto. God forbid I get that wrong. Arena. I mean, when does that name run out? Like the Crypto.com probably is, ha- is doing very poorly. I would imagine they've had a couple rough years based on <laughs> Super Bowl commercials. Pretty rough years. But uh, at Crypto.com, I went to a Lakers game the other night, and they have these markets where it's all snacks and sodas and alcohol, uh-huh. and you scan your ID. Um, or you scan your ID or your credit card and you walk through a gate and it like opens automatically and then you walk around, you grab everything you want, and then you just walk out. I love it. It's that. like watching what you're taking and it just there's like a thousand cameras above you. So you don't there's no checkout. You just check in, you grab grab whatever you want, then you walk right out. It's very odd. My feeling about that kind of tech where people get very uncomfortable with it, my wife being one of them, is that um that tech is being used by by nefarious and bad actors. You know what I mean? It's being used by the government. It's being used by police forces. It's being used by the military 
Sure. So then why can't we also have a cool convenience? <laughs> if we're going to be tracked by the worst people in the world and have no benefit from it, why can't we okay. also use it to like not have to wait in line at the store? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, I do. It's, not, it's, not, it's never not going to be used by the worst actors. That's right. So why shouldn't we benefit somehow from it? Exactly. Like, there is no slowing that trade. There is also, I saw a very funny Onion article, <laughs> which was uh, um, uh, <laughs> a robot shark given machine gun by scientists saying, this was just the inevitable conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, whenever you see those... Um, those uh those robot videos from that uh, MIT place um the like the ones with the dog they're always like kicking sure. the dog over and the dog gets up you know what i'm talking yeah. about boston dynamics boston dynamics yeah um boston dynamics does seem to be making things they're that are unnecessary yeah and they're murder bots those are murder bots right so at least yeah. if we can if that robot, that dog robot's going to have a machine on its back and it's going to be going into countries and killing people, at least it can also give me a ride somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Bring you gummy, bring you gummy bears when you're. When you <laughs> just need a little sweet snack from Haribo. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you. I I agree because I used to be a bit of a luddite and fight back against stuff. Like I can't when they were like they're putting phones. I mean. Uh, cameras on cell phones i was one of those people it's like no thank you i have a camera and i have a phone and then now it's like oh ladybug let me zoom in on that and put a filter on it like i i so now i just have to admit that certain entities just they got me by the gonads and that's just how it's gonna be uh so this sea cat so i i see this sea cat as i'm sure adrian houseman did and i was like mm-hmm. this is great these cats had passports. And then I thought about it for a couple seconds, and I was like, why does the cat have a passport? Uh, like, the cat's not going through customs. It's just standing, sitting on the boat. So then Eat I Googled rats. it a little bit, and boom, sea cats did not require passports. Oof. Um, this is on missbar.com. Uh, and then here it is. This summer, social media users have been circulating an old black and white photo that appears to show a cat's official passport. List the name Herman the Cat, expert mouser. Uh, blah, 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 blah. As I expert mouser, that's cute. While cats have well-documented records of serving board boats to catch mice, cats did not require passports. Getty Images recorded the 1943 occurrence of Herman the Cat receiving his documentation, complete with footage of his little paw being touched on an ink pad and placed on his paperwork Footage has accompanying captions, which illuminate the story. Herman the Cat passes through the Coast Guard, gets a gate at Baltimore. Close-up of Herman's Coast Guard ID. The New York Times also ran a story about Herman's passport. Um, And it was to show, okay, quote, port precautions being what they are, even the cat must have his identification card. Oh, I see. So it was a way to show people that during World War II... uh, we were being safe at our ports. And so this yeah, is... that's what I was guessing. This yeah. little cat is just, you know, letting us know that <laughs> we're, 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 we're coming in with a high level of security. Uh, it's the yellow M&Ms out uh, on, the, on the band rider saying we want no green M&Ms exactly. in that bowl so they know the pyrotechnics won't explode in um, their faces. But honestly, TSA 
could learn a little from 1943 <laughs> Coast Guard port. Like if if TSA had a thing where they were like giving a little pat down to a cat going through yeah. it, like, yes, give it to me. I'm in yes. for that. Yeah. Have a pet line. If you have a pet, there should be a separate pet line and it should be all the people with their service animals, mm-hmm. which we love. Weirder <laughs> the better. Get a gator on there. We don't care. <laughs> but they should have like a vet and a really cool TSA agent that's great with animals. Just giving the, the emotional support Shetland pony a little pat down. Yeah. That, giving that little guan a little pat down. That's what we want to see. I saw this. Whew, I saw this. uh uh, quote unquote service animal on a plane, uh, and and this was a this was a new step that I hadn't seen before mm-hmm. of uh, of like being like no this is really a service dog, uh, which was this dog that was very clearly in no way <laughs> a trained service dog, <laughs> like it yeah, was yeah, yeah. losing its fucking mind. Oh, that's not good. And just like going for things and whatnot. I'm like, I don't know. Is the service like increasing anxiety amongst people? Is that the <laughs> this, the the dog the service this dog provides for humanity? So it's a constant reminder of how bad it could be on other flights. Yes, and the woman had put a a little military style jacket on it that said "Service oh. dog, do not pet." That's right. You got to support our troops with that little Westie. <laughs> so, um, yes, but uh, as you're saying now, pets do need stuff to travel. They need various of kinds of documentation, including health clearances from a licensed vegeta- vege- ve- vegetarian. Veter- yeah, vegetarians. I mean, if the vegetarians a- will let you know what they think of you right away. <laughs> So then I did a little more digging, Scotty. This isn't just going to be a story mm. about is a pet. Oh, it's passport. It's a fake passport. Nope. No, I get I get a little deeper here on bananas. We're professionals. We dig deep. And when I say a little deeper, I mean a quarter inch deeper, just below the surface, <laughs> just, shallow grave, just below the surface. <laughs> I found an um, an uh, article on the uh, U.S. Naval Institute magazine, which probably was, a fun read highly aggressive about its use of cookies. It did not allow me to, <laughs> to opt out and also told me I only have five articles to read. And I was like, don't worry, U.S. Yeah. Naval Institute magazine. This is the only one I'm coming to. One is more than enough. But it is a pictorial history of cats on boats, on, on oh, cool. ships. Uh, and they were always there from the time of ancient Egypt, they believe. Um, and obviously, yeah, because rats are a huge, huge problem on boats. So every boat has a cat, uh, and multiple cats. And here's like a photograph of apprentices on board the USS Pensacola. Uh, this looks like it's from February of 1888. Um, wow. It's, That's so cool. Uh, was a, sea a, cats. A, a screw steamer that participated in Real Admiral David Farragut's capture of New Orleans in 1862 during the Civil War. And it's all these, and it's like crazy to think also about the fact that like all these naval officers are kids. They are like, they're little guys. They're like 16, 17, 18 years old, and they mm-hmm. are all holding these cats. It is, yeah, but they are. Right. And it's so crazy to think that, like, back in the day, when you were like married and had a family by 20, like, your whole family was like done at 21. Yeah. Everyone in these wars was like a 16 year old boy. 
Yeah, not great. And they lied about their ages to get out of there. And so the cats have passports, but then you could be 16 and be like, I'm 18. I'm my older brother. And the Navy's like, we'll take you. Here's a gun. Go start shooting. For real. That was the main thing. And then there's just, if you want to go check out the uh, article, it's just a ton of adorable photos of military men with cats on boats. I, I, I'm going to throw one out there that just reminded me. I think Lawrence Fishburne lied about how old he was to act in Apocalypse Now. Oh, really? I think what you know, military movie. Yeah. I I might just be making that up, but something that that's a deep one. That's a deep trivia night at a bar memory. Yeah, but I like that. Give it up for Larry Fish, everybody. <laughs> the guy, what a career! Elf what a career! Fish. He's in MacGruber. I was laughing. What a <laughs> what a show! All right, here's one for you. Mm-hmm. This is from Sarah, mm. who goes as Wiggy Sar, which right. is a funny little handle. That's great. And also from Kembra Healy. I think they were both first-time submitters. That's oh, why I did them Oh, that's nice. Both. Thank you so much, guys. They m- both might be from the UK, too, but don't quote me on that. All right. Man facing jail over theft of almost 200,000 Cadbury <laughs> cream eggs. <laughs> 200,000 Cadbury cream 100,000. Yes. uh, This was in the Guardian.uk by Best in the Beeswax, Betsy Reed. You know it's real. so good. You know it's real when it's in the Guardian and Betsy Reed has her fingerprints all over it. Um, A chocolate thief, which is a cool thing to be called. A chocolate thief is facing jail after admitting he stole 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs in a heist worth more then you guessed it, Kurt, $30,000. <laughs> His name, Jobby Pool. Oh. Jobby Pool, 32, dubbed the Easter Bunny by police. Yes. Used a stolen lorry cab, so like a moving truck, to make off with... Um, to make off with chocolate after breaking into a Telford industrial unit with a metal grinder on Saturday. Wow. I mean, Easter's coming up. This guy has got some guts i know but where is he fencing two hundred thousand cadbury eggs like is he just hiding them (laughs) (laughs) is this an easter egg hunt for all of england oh now that would be beautiful a thirty thousand dollar easter egg hunt that would just like i uh, that would result in so much so many rats no no child would find them no yes they'd find five (laughs) thousand of the two hundred thousand yeah this is what made me like this guy. Okay. He is expected to be jailed for two years. <laughs> oh, my God. That seems unreasonably long. I agree. <laughs> One year per every 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs. <laughs> after pleading criminal, so he ple- excuse me, after pleading guilty to theft and criminal charges, he pleaded criminal. That would be funny. I'm a criminal. <laughs> Opening uh, the facts of the case on Tuesday, prosecutor Odin Owen Beale told Kidderminster Magistrates Court, I don't know if you've seen the news recently. There was a l- there was a load that was stolen. On the trailer was Cadbury products, a large number of cream eggs. That's the weirdest uh, sentence structure for revealing this information. The, yeah, the old the old British lawyers do a different thing over there. Um, the solicitors. He said, "Pool again, Jobby Pool." Jobby Poole, a self-employed ground worker, used a tractor unit that had been stolen in the Yorkshire area in October to tow away the trailer full of chocolate. Could have just been a joyride. He didn't know what was in there. Yeah. But I like to think he was going to do a nationwide Cadbury Easter egg hunt, mm-hmm. which then was driven away, eventually reaching, you guessed it, Kurt, the northbound M42. 
Oh, so he got on the highway with a tractor and 200,000 Cadbury eggs. Correct. Okay. Poole was spotted by police and oh, quote, gave up at Junction 11. Yeah, he was spotted by police. It was all the all the people chasing after it, screaming for more. Um, walked towards the police with his hands up. He was arrested and the load was recovered. This clearly wasn't spur of the moment offending, if I can put it like that. Because he was taken with him. He, that's how it's written. He had he was taken with him a tractor unit. He had known. Uh, he had to know the load was in there in the first place. Said Beal again. This guy just is sing songy, right, right out of a whatever a guy Ritchie. Just novel. a British Yoda. Magistrates told Poole was previously convicted of theft of handling stolen goods while driving and was disqualified, I think meaning he lost his license or something like that in 2019. He said, this is clearly an organized criminal matter. You don't just happen to learn about a trailer with that kind of value being available. So this guy thinks there is a fence. He thinks there's going to be a sell these damn eggs. <laughs> Defense solicitor John McMillan told the court that Poole understood a substantial sentence was likely. Quote, he stopped the vehicle when he realized he was being followed, everything stolen had been recovered, and that will no doubt assist the owners of the various items that have been taken. Meaning, they're going to resell these eggs, Kurt. Oh yeah, I would love to get a stolen. It almost kind of increases the value. It makes it such a more interesting product. Uh, a regular Cadbury egg... Has anybody taken more than two bites of those things? You take one bite, you go, oh, yeah, and then you wait another year until Lent. It is, um, yeah, I mean, there are people who love them, but I guess there's people who love candy corn. Uh, True. They are, to me, disgusting. I've never been interested at all in them. There's too much. It's too much. If you're ever truly bored, say you're, say you're waiting for somebody to load their service animal through clear at the airport and you have time to look on your phone look up foods that people claim were used to taste better than they do now once oh. they were sold to another corporation and every single time cadbury cream eggs is on there oh really like the original cadbury cream eggs were amazing i think they were like a big deal in england i think they were like creamy and delicious and then they sold to i don't know i guess cadbury but yeah. like maybe nestle one of those corpse. Um, but yeah, apparently they used to be delicious and now they're crap. Okay. Um, with, as, as it goes with most chocolate. Yeah. By the way, speaking of chocolate, uh -oh. did you oh, hear the go. news about fucking dark chocolate? Tell me. It's got iron in it? It's got heavy metals in it. All dark all dark chocolate has uh, like... Like cadmium or cadmium, cad it has cadmium and I think lead. I mean, like just bad, bad, bad heavy metals, and it's just natural. It's just because the cacao plant sucks it up from the from the ground. Isn't well, that crazy? Every then I'm okay year. with it. If it's natural, I'm okay. With it. <laughs> How bad can it be if it grows out of the ground? Hemp. It's going to replace rope one day. Um, there's no interference with the food products that were taken, so they can go back on the shelves, which should get this guy, Jobby Pool, a lesser yes. thing. In a series of tweets Monday, West America <laughs> police <sighs> described the incident as extravagant theft. 
uh, of a chocolate collection box. But the first one was good. Stop at extravagant yeah, theft. Yeah. Chocolate collection box means nothing to us. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, shortly after the theft of a vehicle, presumably purporting to be the Easter Bunny, mm-hmm. was stopped mm-hmm. on northbound M42. A man was arrested in suspicion of theft, they said. You know what? Cops, let the comics be comics, guys. We don't arrest people. You don't need to make bad jokes. <laughs> but oh, yeah, twenty two hundred thousand is a lot of anything. But like, that's that's a lot of Cadbury cream eggs. But I just want to. I wonder what Jobby's plan was. Jobby pool. What was job? I mean, I, that's the that's the main thing. Is I just want to know was it was is this the meth inspired thing like right. to take it on the highway this seems to be the funniest part to take I a, agree. a tractor carrying 200,000 like yeah you're going to get pulled over first off tractors don't go on highways <laughs> secondly you got 200,000 cream eggs in the back my guess is because they said lorry at the top, it must be a big truck, I guess. I'm guessing that we're losing some English uh, in there somehow. But I agree with you. Like, But also, the British love their sweets. When you're walking around London... It is crazy. They are all about their biscuits and their sweet. Like, It is a way where you're like, oh, yeah, you guys are really into this shit. There was a, there was a <laughs> chocolate bar in the UK when I was there in, like I don't know, 2000... 10 or something so 2010 not too long ago and it was just a i don't remember the name of it but the symbol for it was a like a women's symbol from like a bathroom with an x through it like this chocolate bar is not for women (laughs) (laughs) it was so crazy just marketed to like 12 year old boys or whatever we're like women yuck I mean, oh, but it was man. like it when was like I, misogyny, the chocolate bar. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> I mean, please, oh, Dr. Pepper did that for a minute too. Really? Um, yeah, they did a Dr. Pepper like this is not for chicks. Are you? This, they oh had a whole commercial God. campaign, Holy and they were like, "Women, this has ten calories. Get away. Not for you. Weird. Not worth it." Um. So when I was. A, a young banana. When I was in New York, one of my earliest PA jobs, production assistant jobs, was for the Variety Shack, mm-hmm. our friends back then and now. And they had hired me to be the office PA, and I needed the work. It was great. So <clears throat> I set up, but they had me doing stuff above and beyond what a normal PA would do. Like, not only did I help set up the office, meaning like plug in printers and do runs and get all the basic office supplies. I would also film auditions. People were coming in and I would press play and and like one time I forgot to press record. I still I'm like, damn, I shouldn't have done that. It was an accident. Uh, and then I was like organizing file. I was doing stuff above and beyond. This was like two, three weeks into pre-production. And the only person who talked to me every day was the line producer. Mm-hmm. For animals that don't know, a line producer is a producer that basically manages the budget. A line is like, they basically are like accountant producers to, to keep track that the production's going to come under budget or at budget. Yeah. And she was okay. But she was she seemed a little in a, a, like overhead. It was an adult swim pilot. It was called Which means I think that it was called literally it's yeah. being paid for by pennies that you found scrounged around in the bottom of your car. Right. So like a whole TV pilot with a whole crew for probably Fifteen thousand dollars, like a crazy low amount of money, and she kept being like, "This is a really low amount of money. Like, we're really going to have to cut corners. We're going to have to squeeze." It was my third job in TV, so I had no idea what she was talking about. Yeah, 
Um, so day of the first shoot, I pick up a van at 4 a.m., um, so which means I had a ride in from Brooklyn. So I was up at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I had to go pick up breakfast and set up breakfast for the crew. Fine. So I pick it up. We go up to Riverside Park, or whatever that park up in Manhattan is on the river. And I start setting it up. And this like big dude, like probably a grip, comes over. And he's like, bagels? And I'm like, yeah, man. And I'm setting up coffee. He goes, are you fucking serious right now? And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, I didn't say what do you mean. I was like, yeah, I just picked it up. He goes, it's 20 fucking degrees outside. We all took a pay cut. If we don't get hot breakfast tomorrow, I'm going to tell the entire crew to walk. And I'm like, I just picked it up. Like, I'm a PA. Don't yell at me. Did you say any of that or were you just like? Well, I was like, hey, I just picked it up, man. It's not my job. And he's like, damn. And he like walks away. I hear him on walkie just being like, they didn't fucking get us sandwiches. They all wanted egg and cheese sandwiches which is very customary Mm -hmm. on productions in new york if not everywhere but he's right they all probably took a pay cut and it was cold i mean it was freezing cold yeah so i tell the line producer and she is like we'll handle it and i'm like (laughs) i'm like 24 years old i'm like well i don't know what you mean she's like they'll get over it word spreads on set the actresses find out who are also the creators like that one of the adult swim execs like finds out comes over and he's like get them egg and cheeses tomorrow get them egg and cheeses and the line producer's like looking at me like scotty you fucked up so big what you, i didn't do anything you i just picked anything. it up you and picked up what she ordered uh, right shit rolls downhill right so i'm getting dunked on oh my god so the next morning 4 a.m i go to some deli down in the middle of nowhere with the van it's freezing cold i pick up all the stuff i'm setting it up and then i find this one like styrofoam container that says for Scotty on it. And I open it up and it is packed to the gills with scrambled eggs. I mean like 10 pounds of scrambled eggs. So I think this line producer did that as like a fuck you to me to be like, Oh, like this is on you. So I go to the van and uh, you know, the crew starts showing up. And so I'm like, I'm going to eat all of these eggs and I'm going to leave this empty container where she sits all day on her phone as like a, you think you're showing me up? I'm going to show you up. So wait, so wait. So, okay, well, hold on. Time out, time out. Let me yeah. get this straight. You yeah. pick up all the sandwiches. In addition to all the sandwiches, there is one container that's just scrambled eggs. Correct. Just 100% scrambled eggs. Okay, but there are also sandwiches for the crew. There's tons of, yeah, there's individually wrapped aluminum foil sandwiches, like maybe 150 of uh-huh. them. Okay. So I'm eating. And then I'm about, I don't know, two pounds of eggs in sitting in this car. And I suddenly realized that those eggs are probably for the egg sandwiches and that they were packed separately. And I have this moment where I go, oh, my God. (laughs) So (laughs) Why would they pack the eggs separately? Well, I start looking at the receipts and the other packaging and all of it says for Scotty on it, meaning they had just written down with my name. Uh, so every so suddenly I realized that I'm not getting singled out. So I've eaten 30% of these eggs. Uh, so now I know the crew who is like, we will fucking walk tomorrow if you don't have us hot breakfast. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, what do we do? I <laughs> So I get out of the van and I run two city blocks to the closest diner I can find, which thank God we're in Manhattan. And I go in and I go, hi, I need like 20 orders of scrambled eggs. 
And the guy's like, do you need 20 orders of scrambled eggs? Do you need toast? I'm like, it doesn't matter. I just need scrambled eggs. I'm on walkie. I'm on channel one, yeah. the main channel, and I'm hearing, Scotty, where are those? Where are the sandwiches? I'm like, they're on the table. They're like, there's nothing on them. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm keeping them hot in the van. They're flying in now. So I'm lying. I'm standing there. It, this never would have worked in any city in the world except New York City who can pump out a breakfast faster than any place it's on the really planet. It's really true. This guy gives me three styrofoam containers of steaming hot scrambled eggs. Also, no I, questions. The only question no. was, do you need toast? Yes. I love that. So me, Anywhere else in the country, you go, I need, tw- I need 20 eggs. 20 orders. 20 orders, yeah. and they just go, what? I just, yeah. uh, yes. So I have a plastic bag full, uh, probably four styrofoam containers just packed with scrambled eggs. Steaming to the point where my hand is getting like Burn. frozen because the steam's coming up and... <laughs> so I'm running and they're like Scotty where are the breakfast seriously I'm like I'm bringing them now eggs are flying in I'm sprinting to city blocks also side note I paid out of pocket oh, for those no. eggs because I knew I'd screwed up I had no money so yeah. I made no money on this shoot because I was like making $80 a day or whatever I get there and the whole crew is like standing there around the, the breakfast table which is normal and they see me running in and they started cheering for me because they thought that I took hot eggs so seriously that I had kept them in the van and that parking was so difficult that I was five blocks away or whatever, when really I just was spite eating scrambled eggs like, fuck you, watch this. And I'm sure I had mixed like ketchup and salt and pepper into it. That's why. I, so, and then I show up and I'm just like handing out hot eggs, and the line producer's like, "Great job!" And like the adult swim execs, like, all, and like the actresses is like, "What's happening? We don't know. We get treated different." And I'm like, "Oh, I'm just bringing the eggs." But they were cheering for me because they were like steaming hot. I totally got away with it for the next two weeks. I was everybody's favorite PA on set because everybody's like, he goes the extra distance. <laughs> what they didn't know, I was flop sweat running like 150 <laughs> chicken eggs. It was like the most stressful and then jubilant moment of my early TV career. Oh my God, I love that story. I had never heard that story at all. Well, it, that shoot, it same thing happened. I might have mentioned this a long time ago on the pod. The same thing happened with, um, they didn't hire an uh, E. EMT. They didn't have an onset medic. Oh, so somebody had like a really gnarly like blister or something and we didn't have a first aid box and I got yelled at for not having purchased a first aid kit. And I'm like Guys, I'm, I'm a an PA, office PA. Man. I'm an office like, PA. I just got dunked on. That's so <laughs> Anyways, crazy. Uh, the show didn't get picked up, but the eggs were delicious. Also, I have never in my entire 14 years of living in New York City eating bacon, egg, and cheeses from delis probably four times a week. Yeah. Have never heard where it's, the eggs are separate. It was all separate. It was like, here are the English muffins. Here's a thing of bacon. Here's But I just was like, I saw the eggs and thought that, I won't say her name, but I remember it very clearly. I thought it was like, a, yeah. oh, look at you, Scott. You sided with the crew and not me who we've been hanging in the office for two weeks thing. It was my own ignorance that I was like, wait a second. It was all separated. (laughs) The wrapped things were just cheese and bread. Oh, man. That's crazy. All right. I'll give us one to get us into a break. We love a break. This is crazy. I can't wait for people to see this. Uh, The baseball twins who aren't related, identical players with the exact same name, 
exact same job and who look exactly the same take DNA test. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that's cool. This is fascinating. Uh, right when we come back with more. Sounds good to me. Folks, we are back. Scotty, got any shout outs? I do have a few. I, I don't know if I've already done these. I'm looking at this. I'm recognizing these names. Hmm. Let's just do them. You might be getting double shout outs to these people. Brian San Diego wants to shout out her brother, Eric, for launching the Good Scare podcast. Nice. Do you remember me saying that, no, Kurt? No, no, I don't. Okay, the Good Scare podcast. He's a lifelong horror movie buff and a bananimal. So check out, if you like horror movies, check out uh, Eric's Good Scare podcast. Sweet. The Good Scare. Speaking of podcasts, check out Kaylee Merchak's podcast. It's called Snorthern, S apostrophe Northern. It's uh, Kaylee and her friend talk about different food traditions in the North and the South yeah. of America, All right. which is very fun. When I moved to Atlanta, they called Subway. Uh, anything that was a sub or a hero or whatever, a subway. And I was like, that is very fun. <laughs> it was like a po' boy or a subway. Um, I don't think they do that anymore. Lauren Allard, who sends us a lot of good stuff, wants to shout out Tess Wild, who got a job as an ER nurse at a new hospital. Tess Wild. With That's a name a like that, name. there ain't nothing you can't handle. Congratulations, Tess. And here's another one. We'll go out on this one. Speaking of the medical field, KD Camilus, I think, wants to shout out her husband, Jason, or should I say Dr. Jason Kurt, because he finished his PhD, and Bananas is their favorite road trip podcast, which makes a lot of sense to the Banana Boys. We're a good road trip podcast. Uh, So congratulations, Dr. Jason. Um, I'm guessing it's Camillus, too, but maybe not. So Dr. Jason, do your thing. Dr. Dr. Jason was my DJ name, DJ DJ. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> DJ Dr. Jason's coming to the uh, so this is uh, so yeah this was sent in by my sister great lady Lynn Brownoler always nice one of my I don't know six sisters 95 step siblings uh, this was uh, on Marca M-A-R-C-A the website I've heard of that I don't know it's written by <laughs> Sam that's who wrote it, Sam. Just S-A-M. That's all you need to know. Yep. He's like Madonna. This is fascinating. So these guys, I will post a picture. So they're, they have red hair. They have red beards. Their faces are constructed incredibly similarly. Mm-hmm. They look pretty much like brothers, uh, if okay. not identical twins. They both have the exact same type of glasses. Like okay. they wear those That's like strange. sports glasses, those black rimmed mm-hmm. sports glasses. And they both happen to be, they're both six foot four. They're also both named Brady Feigl. I mean, how is this possible? <laughs> this is fucking crazy. <laughs> they're both named Brady Feigl. They're both six foot four. They both wear glasses. They both have red hair. They both are pitchers for minor league baseball teams. <laughs> and they're not related? No. 
One is 32 and one is 27. Uh, One plays for the Long Island Ducks, while the younger younger Feigl plays for the Las Vegas Aviators. Um, Cool names. Both cool names. The Ducks versus the Aviators. I like those names. It would be fun to see Feigl versus Feigl. The Brady Battle. I mean, like it's the Brady, but yeah, the Brady bunch. You got a lot of options here. Why aren't we this doing this? Is crazy. The duo also had the exact same elbow surgery in 2015. Strange, Tommy John surgery. I'm sure and that's crazy. The pair. Okay, so the pair had the same elbow surgery, which was also the first time they were mistaken for each other. The surgery, coincidentally, of course, was performed by the same doctor. Uh, what? Yes, I was probably, quote, I was probably six or seven months out of surgery and their office called our trainer and said, hey, when's Brady reporting for surgery? Is he getting down here tomorrow? The younger Feigl said to the Clarion Ledger. He was like, he had it six months ago. What are you talking about? That's how I found out. There was two of us. Um, The pair was mistaken for another one again in 2017 when the University of Missouri's baseball team tagged the wrong Feigl on Twitter. I would... That's understandable. It happens all the time. They are doppelgangers with the exact same name who are both pitchers in the minor league. (laughs) (laughs) How is this possible? It's crazy, man. So then finally, they took a DNA test, and there is absolutely no biological connection. What? Yes. They're just... It's just... Honestly... It is the best evidence I've seen for we are in a simulation. Uh, yeah. It, it is startling when that happens, but man, no connection. Even with the last name, you would think they were like fourth cousins or something. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, con- it, it's, it's confounding on all levels. Um, but yeah, this guy, there's just a copy of this guy who lives his exact same life. Yeah. That is totally insane, because I just looked at a photo of them as you were doing this, and they do look remarkably similar. They look remarkably similar. I'm stunned. Yeah. I had, I was on the <laughs> F train once. I was on the subway. I had earbuds in, and I, this, this older gentleman pulls on my, my elbow, and I like pull it out. This is a nice older couple. And he goes, hey, you know who you favor? I go, who? He goes, John Elway. And I was like, oh, really? And I was like, thanks. And I like, put the earbud in. I'm like, man, to tell a stranger they look like John Elway is not a compliment. <laughs> that is like, <laughs> it was not. I was like, yeah, I guess I am white and I have gigantic teeth. I'll go oh with that. Oh, my but, uh, God. Yeah. That is so crazy to say to somebody. I just looked up John to Elway. To a stranger. The yeah, first in picture my of him looks like a, hor- a horse jumped inside his mouth. Correct. He has some serious chompers, and not that I don't have big teeth, but I don't. Think you don't have teeth like people, that. No, I've, nobody's ever said that to me before or after. But I was like, "Thank you, sir. Thank you." Excuse me, stranger. Can you take your earbuds out for a second? You know who you favor? A big old piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> what a sick bird! What a sick bird for no reason. Hey, what's up, pumpkinhead? Just wanted to tell you that. Bye. I mean, it was very funny. <laughs> wow, that's so crazy, man. I know. It's really crazy. I mean, it's all visual, but you'll see. You'll see on the Instagram. Go go to our Instagram, check it out, and send us uh, some strange news stories of your own. Scotty, give us one to send us home, baby. Man, I feel like I've mentioned New York a couple times, so I'm going to do a New York story that right. I know you will enjoy. Yes. 
This is a. I, I can't believe you didn't achieve this actually what? What? when we first met. Jen Barbosa sent it in. Thank you, Jen. I think Jen sent us a few good stories over the years. Thank you, Jen. This was in CNBC, so you know it's real, and it's written by the best in the business. This guy is our woman, or them, or they, or who knows? Mickey Toadywalla. Yes! You best. know Mickey Toadywalla. Are you kidding me? Love Mickey Toadywalla. Whoever marries Toadywalla and get, takes that last name, if they choose to... Strong last name, Toadie Walla. 27-year-old pays $1,800 a month to live in an old NYC laundromat. Quote, I knew true community as a child, and I know it again now. Wow. Okay. So this person pays, uh, basically took over an old laundromat in Queens. It's really neat. So while Samson Dolls' ex-girlfriend thought the old laundromat he was considering as a potential new apartment was disgusting, <laughs> ex-girlfriend is the key phrase there, he saw potential as a great live workspace and moved in a month later. Quote, I don't think a space needs to be a perfect representation of what we hope a simple mind looks like, Dahl tells CNBC. I think a space should be an imperfect representation of people who are in it at that moment in their lives. The 27-year-old production designer is no stranger to living in commercial spaces. He used to live in a warehouse in Chicago, so he knew going into the apartment hunt that he wanted to repeat that experience. I feel like, uh, he says, quote, I like the freedom of a commercial space, even though there are definitely fewer tenants' rights, he said. Something feels more ethical about moving into a vacant storefront that has been empty for years than taking yeah. up an apartment in some residential neighborhood that you're not familiar with. Mm -hmm. I hear that. I agree. Yeah. Also, this apartment is so dope for New York. It's ground floor. It's a corner. It used, it's in Maspeth, Queens. Whoa. And it was a laundromat that they took all the machines out of, and now he just set it up as this really cool apartment. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Like, like oh, it's so awesome. Um, and it's funny because he kind of is like, I won't do this forever. So Dahl found the former laundromat in Maspeth, Queens in an on, uh, online forum in 2019. A former tenant added a small kitchen that gives Dahl enough space to have a sink, stovetop, and toaster oven, which is fine in New York. Yep. You rarely are home for food. Yeah. You're always out on the streets. One time you, Kristen, and I, we were in, in uh, I think we were in Scotland, and somebody's like, you guys are from Brooklyn? And you or Kristen were like, how do you know? She goes, you're all wearing book bags. And we all looked at each other. And we all had backpacks, so all three of us. And we were like, yeah, we're used to leaving home with everything. Um, the laundromat hadn't been in working order since 2005. When he first moved in, rent was $1,750 a month, which is preposterous for New York rent. Preposterously cheap. Uh, with a $875 security deposit in 2021, his rent did go up to $1,850. And on average, he pays $120 for electric and $60 for internet. So again, under two grand to live yeah. in your own space in New York City. Um, I'll jump to some of the other details. And also, he is a production designer, meaning he's good yes, at setting up right. sets and designing, so he can do a lot with that empty space. I really love this idea. Oh, the 27-year-old grew up on a commune in Texas that he described as, quote, not a cult, but a nonprofit <laughs> humanitarian organization that did disaster relief and homeless outreach. Wow. Okay. Sounds pretty positive. Sounds like a pretty interesting guy. 
Um, people are looking out for me more than I was looking out for myself. And that's the sign of a true community. I knew true community as a child, and now I know it again, he says. And although Dahl loves the space he created, again, I cannot believe you didn't live in like an abandoned laundromat when we became buddies. And Well, um, I kind of He has a songwriting and organ, an organ station, like pipe organ station. What? <laughs> he says he only lives there because it's what he can afford right now, but he hopes to move out and continue in a collaborative studio space. Hey, buddy, don't move out. Yeah. This is as good as it gets in New York City. <laughs> Just make this space incredible. Um, and uh, he ends on this little paragraph. Living in a storefront has taught me resourcefulness in a way that I've never known before. I really can't be too picky about what comes my way. I just have to make the best of it. And that's the greatest skill I could ask for. It's nothing I couldn't teach myself. It's something that you can only learn from life. And that's really in line with the life philosophy that I have. Oh, interesting. I don't understand what the community part is. What's the community I, part? It's just like uh, it's just like floor to ceiling glass windows that like everybody can see into his business. Or he put a fridge and a communal swing outside of the store. Ah, okay. Which you know, well, sounds cool. Yeah, um, for kids. Yeah, it's not the worst. Um, he said he was mugged in the neighborhood a couple <laughs> months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Which I never, you never got mugged in New York, right? I never had a single thing like not that. Not in New York, no. Baltimore, yeah, but not in New York. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, was... so I remember our buddy Carl was the super mm-hmm. for a building mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Ball, in ba- in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, yeah. Right near the Manhattan Bridge, right, ne- like right at the entrance to the Manhattan Bridge. Yes. Tillery Street. Yeah, the Tillery Street one. Mm-hmm. Did you ever live there? No, Bryce did, yeah. but no, I never lived there. Okay. And um, when I was going through my like rumspring of time and I didn't have a place to live, I'd lived right. for a month in Damien's house in a tent in his in his living room. Yeah, an actual tent in a friend's living room. <laughs> uh, like a camping tent. Kurt lived in a camping tent on an air mattress, right? Yeah. Okay, so pretty classy. Um, And then... Uh, we extended for another month. And so I was like, I need another place to live. And uh, Carl was like, well, there's these, uh, there's a startup that's uh, across the hall from me. And they're, uh, they're, 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 they're gone for a month. So why don't you just live in there? <laughs> I remember we used it as an editing suite sometimes. <laughs> you would. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like a, I don't know what it was. It was some sort of new media company, but it was just a space in a Brooklyn building. It was unheated. It was February. It was unheated. It was a very cold February in New York, so it was probably like 10 degrees outside. So inside oh. was probably 30s, the 30s. <laughs> and I just had a couple space heaters and a mattress on the ground in an Dear office. God. I'm like, I'm, I'm just essentially like in a very small office. And... Uh, and then I would just like come home drunk and like turn the space heaters on and then like curl up on the ground. Oh, and then that I, is a true nadir in life. Oh. You were at a low point. <laughs> I hope as you stand and podcast in your separate garage, your detached garage, you realize how far you've come. I really have. And I always wonder, I was like, <laughs> I was, I always think about when I was single, I was like, I was making so much less money, but I always had money. Like, how mm-hmm. is that possible? Because, like, now mm-hmm. I make more money, but I have no money. 
because uh, I have a family. And I was just like, yes. oh, right. Because I was squatting in an abandoned <laughs> office building <laughs> in yes. Brooklyn with no heat. That's how I was able to <laughs> scooch through and have dinner out a lot. <laughs> what a true king. What a little Lord Fauntleroy. <laughs> little Lord Fauntleroy. Just living the aristocracy life one window away from being unhoused. It was a good life. It was a good life, though. Well, it was the. Yep. We did it, Scotty. We did. I will report back from Mardi Gras. I survive it. Oh, I'm so excited for you, dude. Yeah, next time you see my Zoom face, it'll be twice as big from sodium and alcohol. So forgive me in advance. All right, I will. Um, send your stuff in. We love hearing from you to the Bananas Podcast. And if you're bored and have the time, a five star review on wherever you listen to bananas helps the Banana Boys out so 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 very much. And uh, thank you to everyone. Thank you to Katie, our producer. Thank mm-hmm. you to our, our real human intern, Lisa Maggot. And thank you to everyone at Exactly Right. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Curdy B. Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.